Whether you have a general interest in health and wellness, or you are already a medical professional, we're here to provide you with tools and resources to make informed decisions about your health. This is House Call, part of Hackensack Meridian Health's podcast. Here, our expert providers will share with you wellness tips, information, and general health advice. Thank you for listening. This is Brianna with HealthU, and I'm here today with Dr. Betsy Varghese, a board-certified internal medicine and obesity medicine doctor at Hackensack Meridian Health Medical Group. Welcome back, Dr. Varghese. Thank you for having me, Brianna. I'm happy to be here. For those of you who may not know, Dr. Varghese visited our show not too long ago to discuss overeating, and today we're kind of going to do the flip side and fill our plates on facts regarding undereating. Now, this side of the spectrum, I have to be completely honest, it fascinated me. And I don't know if it's because of my personal struggle with weight loss and exercise and wanting to look like Jennifer Lopez. And, um, you know, I always thought that the key to losing weight was just slashing calories, at least prior to doing any credible research. So I think this podcast will definitely be of interest to some people out there. Now, to refresh some people's memories and to get a baseline, though we talked about this previously, what is kind of the daily number of calories, general roundabout baselines, you know, that people should be consuming on a daily basis? Okay, so as I stressed before, this is just general, um, and I don't really like people to con- think about calories too much, but I get it. Um, so it depends on a m- number of factors, but when you do your ideal like calorie counts and on the internet and things, however you may find it, you find that you know gender plays a role and height and weight play a role at the minimum, right? So. Um, it also changes based on age. So as you get older, your calorie requirements are less, right? Because your um, basal metabolic rate decreases. So women between the ages of 19 to 30, um, they can have, you know, a daily caloric requirement anywhere from 2,000 to 2,200. Um, men of that same age range, 2,600 to 2,800. As you get a little bit older, and I realize now I'm in that category, (laughs) um, between the ages of 31 to 50, um, it's around 2,000 calories for women. Um, And for their male counterparts, anywhere between 2,400 to 2,600. And then once you you exceed 50, um, for women, the calorie, general calorie estimate is around 1,800. And for men, um, up to 2,400. So once again, this is totally general. This is for otherwise healthy individuals um, with moderate levels of physical activity um, because there are other factors that go into your daily calorie requirements. Who can help somebody gauge the number of calories and the quality of the calories that somebody should be eating to maintain their current weight? And what about losing current weight? There obviously are resources online, um, but I think it would probably start well with going to your primary care doctor. um, Or even if your primary care doctor doesn't feel comfortable with really answering those questions, because that may happen where not as many um, doctors are taught really in nutrition. So it's common that we may see that and that's okay, right? But doctors do have great resources to direct you to the right people. Now in its simplest form, what is under eating? I would say under eating is consuming food and beverages. So all in the form of calories, which our body sees it as energy, which is less than what your body needs to carry out its daily functions. So there's this deprivation and imbalance. Exactly. What do you think causes somebody to uh, undereat? 
we're seeing this in terms of just otherwise healthy individuals, right? Not individuals who may have um, decreased appetite due to another chronic medical condition, right? So I think a lot of it is I, ha- I, I cannot eat this because I have to lose weight, mm-hmm. right? That's usually the trigger behind under eating. And most commonly, you will see this um, amongst women. And um, I've seen it in all ages, but I think... Even with younger women, like within like the teens and 20s, it's very common to see this triad of um, being overstressed, under eating, over exercising. I do know that one pound of fat roughly equates to 3,500 calories Mm -hmm. and a healthy weight loss is one to two pounds a week. Yes. Right. So if you break that down, it's about what you're slashing 500 calories a day. Yes. But you wouldn't recommend going by that because there's other factors too that kind of intertwine such as physical activity and stuff like that. Yes, 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 yes. I think that, you know, when we think of it in terms of calories alone, um, I get it. I get that. Yes, at, at the core, we have to be at a deficit to some degree to be able to experience weight loss. Mm-hmm. But oftentimes when we talk about, you know, your goal calories per day and we have people track their calories, um, I find that it becomes almost obsessive. And um, sometimes there is some underreporting, you know, because we don't realize that actually everything we put into our mouth counts. You know, so physical activity is also a big component, you know, but I would find that to lose weight, um, you know, diet is everything, right? So if you're under eating, more likely than not, um, you may, you're not going to experience the weight loss that you desire because of the quality of the food you're taking in, um, regardless of whether physical activity is, um, is in the picture. Now, under eating, um, if you under eat every once in a while, I would assume, I mean, that's not good for you, but it's not detrimental. However, if it turns into something that's more chronic, that's when it becomes of a concern. Yes, yes. What are some of the side effects of chronic under eating? So the most obvious is that when your body doesn't get the energy that it needs, it is, it's going to manifest itself in some way. So you're going to be tired, right? Mm-hmm. Because it's a similar analogy to you can't, drive a car without any gasoline, right? It's not going to go anywhere, right? So you need um, a minimum amount of energy to be able to perform your daily functions. And if you don't have that, you're going to be fatigued. You're going to feel like that. You're going to be low energy. Um, Another side effect is irritability. I don't know about you, but I get hangry. Oh, that's definitely a real (laughs) phenomenon. Yes. That's definitely real. There is, you know, a biochemical reason behind it, right? Because our, our, our brains use glucose for energy. And when we're under eating and our brain doesn't see that, that leads to cognitive changes, you know, whether it's a lack of self-control or um, it's irritability, you know, or even just um, self-control. So all of those things can manifest itself. And like I mentioned before, if you're under eating, it's very likely that you're not experiencing the weight loss that you desire because with under eating, um, there is a loss in muscle mass and muscle is very metabolically active. So when there's a decrease in muscle mass, 
there is a decrease in your basal metabolic rate. So actually your metabolism has now slowed down. And you, you really want to speed up your metabolism if, if you are desiring weight loss. And doesn't your body go into this state of survival where it doesn't necessarily know the amount of food that it's going to have, so it starts storing that fat? I think that that is a great way to kind of understand it, right? Because if you're not getting enough calories, your body's like, okay, well, when am I going to see it again? I need to be in a place where I'll have enough energy should the calories not come in. Mm. And I'm going to store it in the form of fat because it's a great on-the-go energy source, right? So the breakdown of fat is a great source of energy. So it will do that. And then I was also doing some reading, and mm -hmm. um, one of the signs that you're under-eating was your body feels cold. So yes. is that something you kind of want to dive into? Yeah, so when you're under-eating, and this is usually with like chronic under-eating, right? This is not the um, every, every now and again I under-eat. And the issue is that there is a decrease in just micronutrients and vitamins and minerals. And one of, the, one of those um, micronutrients will be iron. And, you know, iron is absolutely essential for the production of red blood cells, right? And so red blood cells are what carry oxygen to the different cells in your body, you know? So when you have a um, decrease in iron, you're more at risk for developing anemia. And so you can um, become cold as a result of that, the decreased blood flow. Um, and I guess the constriction of the capillaries, which are the small blood vessels that, um, that are on the surface, like um, underneath our skin, they kind of constrict, right? So that leads us to be cold. And then uh, in my research online, yeah. I stumbled upon something that mentioned hair loss. Yeah, so a lot of times we will see that um, this is with chronic under eating. Um, and often with patients who struggle with anorexia, um, when there is a constant um, calorie deficit, you know, this often leads to a decrease in like the thyroid hormones um, and so hypothyroidism. Um, and, you know, naturally when your body is in a state of needing calories, it's gonna use those calories for the most vital organs, right? So for your brain, your heart, even your kidneys will suffer to some degree. Wow. You know, so, and... If, and the hair has to go because it's not necessary. Go. Yeah, yes, yes, yes. Were there any other signs or symptoms that you may be chronically under eating? Yeah, I mean, so there's, you know, I've noticed that patients who chronically under eat, although I haven't had a lot of patients, usually this is not the issue, but, um, you know, issues with sleeping. There's so much that happens when we sleep, which is why sleep is so important even for weight loss, you know, when we kind of we had mentioned before. But um, so many vital um, functions occur at sleeping, you know, for cell regeneration and things like that. So when there is a constant um, caloric deficit, it interferes with our ability to perform any of these things while we sleep. So that manifests itself as disordered sleeping patterns. The last thing I want to mention is, you know, women, because you all, we often see under eating in women more so than men, and generally women within um, who are, you know, ovulating and um, seeking fertility and things. And so under eating can lead to um, what we call functional hypothalamic amenorrhea. And, you know, the increase in stress, um, the decreased calories, um, that interferes with your hypothalamic pituitary axis, which is what guides 
you know, all the hormonal regulation, you know, for ovulation. So when that happens, we um, women bec- uh, transition into like a low estrogen state. And so they're not ovulating. So you may have difficulty even getting pregnant if you're chronically over, um, under eating, sorry. No, it's okay. If a patient comes in and they are chronically under eating and they say it's because, you know, they want to achieve weight loss, do you dive a little deeper into the psychological factors as to why they are so driven to want to lose the weight loss? Maybe it's low self-esteem because I feel as if you kind of have to get to the root yes. to solve the problem. There's always a why in what in anything that anybody does, whether they realize it or not. And I think one of the um, one of the best parts of my job is that I get to have that relationship with patients to really allow them to be vulnerable enough to um, express their whys. And sometimes that may be the first time they realize it themselves. And usually um, there's something there's some underlying depression um you know underlying anxiety maybe they have struggled with obesity in the past and have lost weight and now there's this fear of weight regain you know um oftentimes with under eating as well as overeating we see like a history of like sexual abuse um there's so many different layers but there's always a why a lot of young women have you know body dysmorphia where what they see in the mirror, what's actually there is very different than what they see, mm. right? So, and it's a hard time to be living in with social media and perceived perceptions of beauty. And um, it's a hard, it's a and hard time. the standards time. that yes. are out there. Yes, That's definitely a beautiful but frightening relationship to have with a doctor, to mm. be so vulnerable yet so comfortable to disclose those maybe, I don't want to say demons, but inner demons sure. that uh, push somebody to do something, especially when it comes to under eating. But I think that's why it's powerful to find a doctor you feel very, very open and honest with. It's really a blessing to be able to have that, you know, have that relationship. Everybody struggles with something. To say that we don't is not being truthful. Being open about that, being transparent about that. And then I think that that allows for an environment where Patients also feel comfortable sharing with you. If a patient does come in and they are, you notice they're under eating, what are some tips that you will offer them to get them back on track to make sure that they're getting the energy and the fuel that they need to properly function? It really depends. The why really matters at this point. Because if I feel that it is um, really an eating disorder, then I think it's important to get them the support that they need on a more regular basis, you know? So um, if, I, if there is a f- red flag that comes up where I think that a patient's struggling with an eating disorder, um, then we'll delve into that a little bit more and, you know, get in, you know, I'll, I may refer them or speak with a psychiatrist about it um, to help guide them. Um, or, you know, we'll talk about different avenues we can go in terms of like counseling and things because that's really the source of it. But if it's just under eating with this perception of, you know, wanting to attain a goal and thinking that they're doing the right thing, then that's when I provide the research, you know, behind, education yes, behind it. it's, it's all about education um, behind why it's not working. And usually they come to me because they are under eating and it's not working. So it just answers itself, right? So when I talk to them about it, 
it's like a light bulb clicks. And now I know you mentioned this when we discussed overeating, but if we can stress it again, what is the relationship that somebody should have with their food and their diet? We live in an age where we obsess about different diets, what I can and cannot be eating. You know, it's a very restrictive mentality. And if we think of food as fuel, Um, rather than always a reward system, I think that really changes the mindset. You know, mindset is key, you know? And so what I tell my patients is, for a moment, let's not talk as much about calories. And I'm not saying that calories don't matter, but let's talk about the quality of food that you're taking in. Because it's, you know, you can be at a calorie deficit, but everything that you're taking in is devoid of nutrients and minerals and the water, the fiber that you need. It's very easy to do that. But if you really transition yourself to a diet that is higher in fiber, so we're looking at the whole grains, we're looking at um, the vegetarian sources of protein, such as like lentils, chickpeas, beans, um, quinoa, we look at vegetables, fruits, all of those unprocessed, you know, whole foods. And we make a conscious effort to, you know, minimize animal proteins and the processed foods, the processed carbohydrates, the sugars, you know, you will experience weight loss. I really believe it. It's really changing your mindset to food is fuel. And, you know, what can I eat that is going to fuel me. And I, this is kind of dramatic, but I kind of think of everything as, you know, when I eat something, is it moving me towards my, my goal of living a healthier life? Or is it moving me, moving me towards a more disease prone life? I know when we were chatting on the phone a few weeks ago, um, regarding this topic, you said, and this is one line that will forever stick out in my mind, the food that you eat can either promote health or promote disease. Mm-hmm. And it was short, it was simple, but man, that, that was powerful. And I thought to myself, that is so incredibly true and I don't think people realize that. It's not the every now and again indulgence, you know? It's, it's your every day. It's the 90% of your eating habits, you know? And then, then you won't be um, consumed with needing to feeling like I have to undereat. Oh, I, I have to reach, I can only reach this many calories, you know, because that's, I can guarantee you if you're thinking like that, you're, you're not living your best life (laughs) and, um, you're living in a constant state of deprivation. And that not only affects you, but it affects the environment and everyone you influence. I use a, an app on my phone to track my calories. And sometimes I, I won't add in the oils. I won't add in things like that. But if I go to submit my calories for the day and I don't hit, I think it's 1,000 calories, it'll say, no, you need to eat more. Mm-hmm. So I think it is common under eating, not as common as overeating. Yeah. However, I think that's a nice precaution that they do. Yes. And, you know, with weight loss, one of the one of if if your desire is to lose weight, um, the under eating, always understand that when you're under eating, your body is set up hormonally to, you know, increase ghrelin, which is a potent, like actually the most potent appetite um, stimulating hormone, and that just revs up. So you may be under eating for part of the day, right? But very often, 
that will lead to binges or overeating and the foods that you really don't want to be eating. But if you eat more regularly and the food's high in fiber, unprocessed, you're not going to have an issue with the calories. Mm -hmm. It's definitely hard, but I think once you nail that balance, it's a beautiful way of just living life and not stressing so much about it. Yes, yes, yes. But I just wanted to say again, thank you, Dr. Varghese, for coming back and talking about undereating. Um, I really hope that everybody who's listening just takes all of this in and realizes, you know, food is crucial. It's important, but we can't abuse it. Exactly. Yeah. And thank you so much for having me. I loved being here. The material provided through this Health You podcast is intended to be used as general information only and should not replace the advice of your physician. Always consult your physician for individual care.